welcome back to the Grad Life podcast. Kate here and I am joined today by Mia Carroll. So despite only finishing her degree in Trinity last year, Mia is now a European account manager at Irish health tech company Let's Get Checked, uh, a company which has scaled hugely over the past couple of years, particularly in the last year, to become a globally recognized name. So hopefully today we'll get a, a bit of an insight into what it's like to work at such a fast-growing company um, and dive into Mia's background and college experience as well. So Mia, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm good. Um, this all feels very official, my first podcast, but yeah, delighted <laughs> to join. <laughs> delighted nice. to join and um, yeah, give you guys an insight into Let's Get Checked and uh, answer what I can. Brilliant. Thanks so much. So you heard my very, very brief introduction to Let's Get Checked now. I didn't give too much away. Um, you'll obviously tell the story better. Um, great to just give everyone a bit of an insight into who Let's yeah. Get Checked are and what the kind of vision of the company is. Sure, sure. Um, so Let's Get Checked is a leading health insights company. Um, essentially, what we do is provide consumers with access to a huge range of testing options and clinical services that are often done in a home-based setting. So that all sounds really complex, but simply put, we're just a virtual care company. Um, Irish owned, as you said, we've been operating since 2015 um, and we're headquartered between Dublin and New York. Um, I think Let's Get Checked really came onto people's radar over the last year. Um, we expanded exponentially during the pandemic with a year-on-year growth of 1,500%. So safe to say it's definitely been a busy year. Um, and that was largely due to the fact that we scaled, uh, as you said, really rapidly during the pandemic to provide COVID testing. Um, so what that involved was building a lab in Dublin to cater for the European market. We also um, had an operating lab already in uh, California. We hired around 400 employees last year, I think, and that's definitely uh, going to continue this year too. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. Um, you may have seen that we just reached a, a really exciting milestone. So we closed our Series D round of funding and we're valued at more than $1 billion. So um, one of the only few Irish tech companies to have ever reached that milestone. So yeah, Unicorn status. Yeah, exactly. Unicorn yeah very exciting um to be part of that and uh, I think really rewarding that it's an Irish company as well so yeah I've been loving it cool um and what when was it that you actually joined let's get checked I mentioned that you you know you only finished up <laughs> in Trinity last year so did you uh -huh. join straight away I did I did um so I joined I think it was in June last year um yeah finished my finals straight yeah. from exams <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, to be honest, I was in a bit of a crisis moment. I hadn't really put too much thought in what I wanted to do after college. It was kind of like finish up my finals, move abroad, have a year out and then see what I wanted to do. But obviously then with the pandemic, that was suddenly out of reach. So yeah, it was definitely in a bit of a crisis situation. I was looking around for opportunities and um, really glad I went for this one. So it's it's worked out well so far. And how was it that you actually found out about the company? I always think this is so interesting because, you know, like from our experience being in college, a lot of the time it's the, the big names that you hear from, like the big firms, et cetera. And I, I think about it often that, you know, we don't usually yeah. hear that much about these kind of opportunities, like working at a startup, something that, you know, you have the opportunity to progress as quickly as you yeah. have, for example. Yeah. Um, so where did you come across the company? Yeah, uh, good question. So funnily enough, as I said, I was in a bit of a crisis moment. I was like, crap, what do I do now? Like, I just have no idea. I'm not going to glamorize it and say that I had it all figured <laughs> out. Like, I really, really hadn't. Um, so I think I was just looking out for opportunities and I was reading the Irish Times one day and I saw 
um, uh, an article that Let's Get Checked had just closed their Series C round of funding. They were headquartered just down the road from me in Dunleary, and I was like, oh, that could be an exciting opportunity. So looked into it a little bit more, and it um, definitely caught my eye because while I never knew exactly what I wanted to do, I did know that I wanted to work in a, a startup. Um, so yeah, I applied, got talking to the guys in HR, and uh, they were really accommodating. Like They were sort of just saying, like, we can set you up on a graduate program, and you can do a rotation. And I just kind of liked the sound of how flexible it was from the get-go. So um, yeah, that, that's really what led me to join, but I'd never heard about it before. And as you said, I think in college, you just hear about all the big names, but it's really kind of the smaller companies that I think people should keep an eye out for because they're the ones that, you know, you can move up quickly and there's so many opportunities in them. Yeah, definitely. And it's been, have you been remote since the start then? I have. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I've never met anyone in person. So um, strange. A lot of my, yeah, very, very strange. But a lot of my team are over in um, America. So I'm one of the only Irish people actually on my specific team. Um, I think we'll definitely like in the coming months, you know, all meet up and do off sites and probably go into the office and that kind of thing. But um, no, never met anyone. <laughs> so strange. You'll have like whenever you have that that first meeting, you're like, oh, my God, you're so much taller than I expected. And oh, 100%. Like, Who are you? 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned there about, you know, like the opportunity to progress and being in a startup and your experience obviously has been that. So talk to us about, you know, what your role was when you first joined and obviously you've been promoted since then. So, you know, how that, what that journey has been like and what the difference sure. in terms of those roles has been. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my initial role was in sales. Let's get checked is sort of split into two sections. So the first is our D to C channel, which would be like an individual like you or me going onto the website and ordering a test directly to their house. And then the other side would be B2B. So that's where we partner with um, large organizations or institutes or you know health plans over in the US and we'd create tailored programs specific to their needs. So that's the department that I was working in, um, inside sales. And what I was doing was primarily, as I said, working with US businesses um, to provide them with access to COVID testing. So that would be uh, businesses from you know small to medium sized enterprises to Fortune 500, which was, um, really cool and probably a little bit scary as well at the time um, but yeah I'm not going to lie the first nine months in the sales role was very very full on um, I think just due to the nature of the pandemic you know the demand yeah. was really time sensitive there was a lot of panic I would say surrounding it from the point of the clients which is totally understandable like you know they've had business they'd have businesses for years and then suddenly you know staff were out and that kind of thing so um, yeah, you'd have a business in Boston saying, I need 300 COVID tests with express next day delivery for tomorrow. And oh obviously there's a lot of logistics that come behind that. So reporting and shipping and returns and stuff like that. So it's not just like an easy, straightforward process. Um, I would say though, that a big factor that helped Let's Go Check stand out over the last year, I think was our experience within at-home testing. So, mm. um, as I said, we've been doing it since 2015. So uh, you know, we were very much familiar with how to get tests directly to people, how to do kit returns. We already had the infrastructure in place in terms of like labs and manufacturing facilities and stuff like that. So when the pandemic hit, it wasn't really too much of a lift. Obviously, you know, we still had a good bit to figure out. But um, I think our experience meant that we were on a on a really strong footing, which made it a lot easier for us relative to competitors. Um, so, yeah, definitely wasn't plain sailing, but I would say that 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 was a uh, definitely an advantage and um, it must have been like very rewarding in that sense to actually have been able to you know someone's needing you know that urgency of 300 tests but for you guys to actually have been able to bring a solution um, and yeah, to them that like you know 100%. most other people couldn't do 
yeah um, yeah no that was the feedback we were definitely getting people afterwards would just be like I'm so appreciative that you know you, you guys can get this in place so quickly and mm. um, so yeah, stressful but rewarding I would say and I had literally no prior sales experience either so um yeah it was just go 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 for the first nine months um but then an opportunity came up to move to another side of the business which was in client success um so as let's get checked we're building out the European arm of the business they needed someone to be responsible for looking after the the European clients that we were going to sign so that would mean successful implementation, launching programs, expanding the contracts, that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, that's my role now. I'm really loving it. It's definitely very different to the sales role, I would say, in that it's a smaller volume of clients, but definitely more complex programs that, that we'd be setting up. Um, so I get to work with really cool clients, um, some that I can mention, some that I can't, but you probably <laughs> just saw we announced um, a partnership with the Irish Olympic team. Oh, which yeah. Was, yeah, that was really exciting and kind of a proud moment as well to be able to work with uh, an Irish Olympic team, but also an Irish testing company. It was kind of like mm. the joining of two forces. So yeah, and um, they're off to, I think that program is ending tomorrow actually. So yeah, that's been, that's been a good cool. one to work on. I'm interested to know when you're talking about like, customers is it ever the case that you're looking at like corporates who are introducing like employee well-being benefits and having you know health testing as part of that offering yeah yeah that's a big one as well so uh, I think especially in the U.S. where uh, you know it's um, businesses often pay for their uh, employees like insurance plans so obviously it's in their nature to have healthy employees so they would partner Mm. with us to do routine testing and uh, as you said part of well well-being packages um so yeah I haven't gone into that area yet I'm primarily just looking at COVID testing but that definitely is a a huge side of the business yeah Mm, so interesting like if you look at uh, like the range of tests that you guys do obviously you know like Mm -hmm. you'd be getting all these sort of vitamin tests etc it's a it's Mm. so cool um so you're now European account manager um Uh obviously a different day-to-day to to what your sales was but interested to know like you know you wake up in the morning or if I'm right in thinking that you actually started at US time zones, but talk to us about what that kind of day-to-day looks like. Yeah, so uh, previous role was US time zone, so um, kind of later mornings, later nights, but um, now, God, like it is actually quite hard to say. I know that's really cliche and annoying of me, but it, Every no day two day. days. Yeah. yeah, no two days are the same. <laughs> um, like, especially in a startup company, you just sort of jump into whatever needs to be done on any given day, so it's kind of hard to say exactly, but um you know, I would say my day-to-day definitely involves interacting with a huge range of teams across the business. So the nature of client success means that you sort of just have to have your finger in a lot of different pies because ultimately anything that could potentially affect a client is something you should be concerned about. So for example, um, I'm trying to think here. Yeah. So if there was a product update that needs to happen, I'm in those conversations with the product team. If there's a contract amendment, I'm discussing that with legal if there's back-end technical work, you know, if, if that's going to affect client reporting, I need to know. So I'm definitely exposed to a lot of teams in the business, which is great, I think, for someone like me who's really just starting out and trying to learn as much as I can. Um, so, yeah, that my, my day would be talking to a lot of different people, chasing a lot of people around, trying to get answers, that kind of thing. <laughs> and how much of a kind of teamwork approach is it? I mean, are you are you part of a large team or is it more like you're working, you know, crosses different verticals as you described? Um, how does that work? 
Mm, it's, a, it's a mix of both. So I have my team who are primarily over in the US, as I was saying, um, they're amazing. They are very experienced in this whole area. So they've, you know, been working in, in healthcare for like 15, 20 years kind of thing. I'm definitely one of the youngest. Um, so they'd obviously give me a lot of advice and they'd really mentor me and stuff like that. But in terms of clients, I'd have my own and then I'd go to them for advice on what to do. So we definitely have a, a strong like team, a media team, but um, I would be interacting with a lot of different people on a day to day basis. That wouldn't be my team. OK, cool, cool. So when you were, you know, you were describing like how you came to decide to, to work at Let's Get Checked and that you always wanted mm-hmm. to work for a startup. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of other things you know, drew you to working for a startup apart from, you know, maybe that kind of flexibility as well like were there particular things that you were looking for in terms of culture or um you know like global reach or um you know what other kind of things drew you to working at a startup and what would you say to anyone else who's kind of considering working at a startup coming out of college Mm -hmm. yeah good question um I think in a startup, the main thing that really drew it to me was that uh, you do get a lot of exposure. So even as I was just saying, like the fact that I'm in contact constantly with different teams, it just means that your role as it is on paper isn't actually what you're always doing, which I personally love. It just means that it's not always really heavily defined. If there is something that needs to be done that might be a little bit out of scope from your immediate role, that's fine. You can still do it. If, you know, because a company, the company's growing so quickly, there are so many roles that if you said like, oh, look, I actually think I'd be better suited for that. That's no problem as well. They can facilitate that. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think for me, it's just the overall flexibility. Also, you know, working with young people is great. I know I said I have like um, older teammates, but they're they're such a young feel to the company. Like everyone is just like working really hard and there's always an upbeat energy to it. Um, I think for me as well, that, the fact that there's not like a really um, strict trajectory that you have to stay on in terms of career progression is a big one. So, um, you know, for a lot of careers, it's it's really set out for you. It's like associate, executive, and there's those mm-hmm. uh, defined steps like each each, each way. Um, for me, I, I don't really like that. I know for some people who love structure and security, those types of careers are great. Um, but yeah, for me, I think I love knowing that if I work really hard, improve my ability, there will be, um, you know, we can have conversations about that and there, there will be opportunities there. So yeah, yeah, I think startup culture can can really suit some personalities and some worth ethics. If you're comfortable with a lot of responsibility um, and that kind of thing, I would say definitely go for it. Um, so yeah, I would say just kind of look at what you enjoy doing in terms of uh, responsibility and workload and uh, structure and stuff like that. But yeah, if you think it suits you, I wouldn't hesitate in recommending it. Great. And do you think that... Um... You know, during your time at college, you studied global business. Do you think that you came into college thinking this is what I I would like to do at the other end? Um, Or did that kind of change over time? Or was it the case that you were always kind of just rolling with different opportunities, opportunities that came to you? Yeah, yeah, Um, it was definitely the latter. So I did not go into college knowing at all what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I think that's kind of the case for a lot of people that just do a general business degree. Um, global business was introduced the year I started in college. So uh, there wasn't really much to go by. Like we were the first group of students to take the course and I guess the guinea pigs in some ways. Um, so, yeah, I would say I never had a, a clear idea of career. It definitely was fluid as my time went on in college, like based on modules I took or 
uh, you know, different experiences I had. Um, but I definitely did know like what kind of life, I suppose, and working environment I wanted to be involved in. And that was definitely kind of akin to the startup culture where, you know, young feel to it, you know, you're not micromanaged. There's some level of critical thinking and creativity, I suppose, involved. Um, so yeah, I would say I definitely did not go into college knowing what I wanted to do. I definitely didn't leave college knowing what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, I took like a lot of modules throughout my four years in Trinity, like French, politics, economics. And I think what did become apparent was that I, I did love writing essays and particularly liked, um, what were my favorite, like international economics and international relations. Um, none of which I'm doing now, but that's okay. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I would say no, I didn't know what I wanted to do. It, it was fluid. And I think, you know, if you just keep an open mind and, and look for opportunities, it's totally fine if you go into your first job and are like, oh, no, this actually isn't for me. I'm going to jump ship now. That's fine. But thankfully for me, I, I actually do love my job. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And like you talking about global business there is really interesting as well. Just like yeah. the breadth of the different modules that you could, you know, mm. dip your toe into must have been yeah. really, really nice. And it's a good test given that you you were one of the guinea pigs. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, it's good, that, it's good that you came out of it with that approach. So do you think that you would, you know, like recommend that or would you do that course again? Or if you were to go back, like now working at a kind of uh, health tech company, is there, do you mm-hmm. think you would go back again and do the same course? I think I probably would yeah yeah I did really enjoy it um like I think the fact that you can take so many different modules for someone who was kind of confused like me that was ideal because there were some that I was like absolutely not say for example accounting I was like no way never touching that didn't like that and whereas as I said like international economics I really really enjoyed that so um yeah I would say definitely if you're if you're not entirely sure about why you want to do global business is a good one the one thing that I did feel like though was when I left college I sort of felt like I dipped my toes in a lot of different waters but I didn't actually know I wasn't like an expert in any mm. single area if that makes sense so um yeah I think you know if you leave college say with a law degree or a psychology degree you sort of have a little bit more of a sense of what you want to do whereas business can be a little bit scary when you leave college because it's like what even is business you know? yeah what am I qualified for <laughs> yeah you know what 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 even is this there's just so many different parts to it so um yeah I think just keep that in mind and uh don't freak out when you do leave college and don't know what you want yeah. to do I suppose it's quite a nice thing about having something so broad as well though like I you know mm. myself like going half down the law route I did find that yeah you know everyone there was because there was that clear path it's almost like you know it's quite straightforward to well not straightforward you know it's still it's so difficult to get those the internships and the jobs yeah. but um, yeah. sometimes you get a bit blindsided by the fact that all those opportunities are put in front of you and you can forget uh-huh. to look at the other opportunities um 100 percent, yeah yeah you have and like I, tunnel vision because yeah, it's just like exactly. this is what's being decided for me so yeah. yeah I think um I think especially as well like in terms of internships as you were saying in college like there is sort of a pressure to do them but I think what's just not useful at all is just doing it for the sake of doing it like I did one in third year just a short six weeks one just because I was like oh I should probably do an internship because I'm in third year it was nothing that I wanted to do. I knew okay. going in, it wasn't what I wanted to do. And um, so I would say like, just put time into looking for opportunities, even if it's not to do with your course and only do an internship if you think it'll benefit you. Like, yeah. otherwise I, I would say, you know, just don't do it. Um, you'll be working for the rest of your life probably. So yeah. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, com- I completely agree. And I was gonna, I was gonna bring this up as well. Um, and that I think we probably had a similar approach in that I, I also spent a summer um, doing an internship, but then uh-huh. spent a lot of my summers just like enjoying myself and, and doing different yeah. things. And equally, yeah. like 
as you said doing the internship even though you went in and did it and like this is not what I want mm. to do at least it did rule, rule that out for you um yeah, exactly. but it I totally agree that there's there is so so much pressure these days to mm. like really boost out your CV and have all of these things um you know yeah. all these experiences in every college for summer sure. um, but I think sure. yeah you do realize once you're in a job that you don't get prescribed summers where you're just your task is to be on summer holidays and um, yeah. so it is such a good thing to take mm. advantage of and actually you did really interesting things during during your summers in terms of like traveling and and volunteering mm. if I'm correct yeah yeah so um pretty much every single summer I went away for if not the whole summer a majority of it um, and I think that's really important like if you think of a person as like a rounded being I suppose like career is just one little tiny facet of that so yeah. going abroad and like traveling or meeting new people or living wherever it's just I think that will really benefit you weirdly enough in what you choose to do career-wise um, like even say for example you go into a new, new office and you have to socialize with people from different countries like you know I'm my team is all American it just kind of gives you a good backing and I think um, makes you a, a kind of rounded person. So I think you can do both as well. Like you can do a four week internship, make a bit of money and then go abroad. Like it, you, you can do a hybrid of two. It's not like, oh, I have to be slaving away in Dublin this summer mm. and have no life. Like you can make it work. Um, so, yeah, I think definitely important to do the two. I also went on Erasmus um, to Madrid for a year, which I absolutely loved. I would really recommend anyone. Uh, who has the opportunity or you know it's feasible for them to go to definitely do that and um, you know for people I think in Dublin who don't really move out of uh, their house like their family house for college it's such a good opportunity to just go away and meet new people and colleges like the, the list of colleges that you can go to can be really good as well so um yeah Erasmus is traveling abroad that was definitely uh, all things that I put as a priority yeah yeah I, I totally agree um, in terms of going abroad as well it's such again such a unique opportunity to have something set out for you like a you know the the college course the relationship between the colleges set out for you and they you know you go over and everything's just set up mm. in a totally new country you still have that yeah, kind of like yeah. cushion of like something that's there for you which is um sure. which is so amazing um uh-huh. so let's just chat a bit about you know back to joining a company remotely yeah. just interested to know you know how difficult or otherwise did you find that you know a lot of people who will be joining companies mm-hmm. now there's this whole shift towards remote like some some jobs will yeah. be remote now maybe forever or yeah. more of a hybrid um mm-hmm. how did you find that did you find that difficult like you know trying to get a sense of the culture of a company while you're you're so spread out and you know what do you do in your working from home day that um makes it easier you know do you like mm-hmm. go for walks in yeah. the morning or, or schedule different coffees for people internally etc you know what's your approach in in that in that sense yeah so because I I've always been working remotely I didn't actually know any different and like I finished my finals in my bedroom so I literally went from like in a way working remotely studying wise in my or sorry not working remotely studying remotely from my bedroom to working in my bedroom so definitely wanted to burn down those four walls after a while so yeah got Mm -hmm. out of my house as much as I could in the mornings um I'd have team meetings every day. Um, we use Slack all the time. I'm like, Slack is like our WhatsApp uh, <laughs> in work. Um, yeah, just I, I, to be honest, I actually really like remote working. Um, I think probably a hybrid will suit me better. But um, yeah, I, I do like remote, remote working. Remote working or the shift to remote in, in life in general, it's it's so mm. um, tied to let's get checked as well. You know, this whole yeah, telemedicine exactly. um, approach. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so do you think that, you know, aside from remote working, do you think there's going to be that increased demand for telehealth products um, like Let's Get Checked? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think telehealth and virtual care was always on the horizon, but the pandemic really accelerated its place, I think, within the overall health sphere, let's just say. Um, and I think now it's hard to imagine, you know, a world where you wouldn't have an option to do an online consultation or take a COVID test from your house. So, yeah, I think while the shift to virtual care was born out of necessity in the pandemic, it definitely is here to stay. Um, and, you know, I came into Let's Get Check not not knowing that much about virtual care, but now from experience, that shift really does make sense. Like there are so many inefficiencies within traditional healthcare models and there doesn't need to be. So um, ultimately what Let's Get Checked are trying to do is close a lot of those gaps and just overall make the process more streamlined, um, you know, sort of like a Amazon or Uber or Airbnb type user experience, but just in a healthcare setting. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's definitely here to stay. You know, even on a personal level, I'm sure you can relate like to this experience, but there's been so many times where I've had to make an appointment with a GP that always interrupts with my day. You know, you have to take like an hour or more off college or work or whatever it is you're doing. And then you commute to the appointment. You sit in the waiting room for like 20, 30, 40 minutes just to see your GP for five minutes to rewrite a prescription. So I think it's situations, you know, frustrating situations like those where virtual or remote care is just an absolute no brainer. Um, like a five minute online consultation that can be done remotely. And then ultimately what that is doing is then freeing up resources for those that really need them. So um, I think, you know, virtual care isn't saying like every single part of your healthcare experience should be online. It's just more so saying that for certain points of the process that can be done remotely, they should be, which just makes the overall process more um, efficient. So yeah, a hybrid model of like virtual care and in-person activities will and can coexist. And um, so, yeah, a bit like uh, remote working, definitely remote health yeah. is kind of on, on a similar trajectory. Yeah, it is just like there seems there's just such a total shift in terms of people's expectations, yeah. definitely, mm-hmm. you know, in the healthcare space. And it it yeah. definitely seems like it's here to stay. So it's nice to be at a place like Let's Get Checked, where they're yeah. really at the forefront of, of some, offering something like exactly. that. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I'm conscious of time, but I want to get in yeah. my last question, final question that uh-huh. I, I ask everybody. Um, just... <laughs> Um, some of your book and or podcast recommendations. Ooh, um, okay, so admittedly, I haven't really been reading that much recently, but I have been listening to uh, podcasts. I absolutely love David McWilliams podcast. As I said, oh, I yeah. really like international economics. So I just find that podcast really, really interesting. Um, trying to think what else I mean a book that I just started reading was uh, the age of surveillance capitalism which is quite heavy it's definitely not a an easy read I wouldn't say but um yeah I'd say David McWilliams podcast is my favorite and then the age of surveillance capitalism and then also just some like really trashy podcasts as well I'm not always super academic (laughs) yeah yeah no David McWilliams podcast is amazing he just spans so many different areas different topics like he just seems to be has something to say on, on everything so interesting exactly exactly well Mia thank you so much for coming on the podcast um yeah, where should sure. anybody reach out or look to if they're trying to learn more about let's get checked or about um you or your role yeah I would say um honestly any recent graduates that are listening or you know anyone at all that are feeling like they need a bit of advice or just um you know want to learn more about let's get checked or just you know advice generally just um feel free to get in touch I suppose on my LinkedIn 
that sounds very official but yeah my LinkedIn <laughs> uh, and I, I'm more than happy to have a chat with anyone um I can also give my email address maybe Kate to you and you yeah can we could put them in the, yeah LinkedIn in the show notes. Link, catch me on LinkedIn uh, that's where I'll be. <laughs> brilliant thanks so much Mia yeah. thanks. Well, thanks so much Kate bye